This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Love Brand You, the show about personal branding, how your values, beliefs, and actions help you define and discover your calling and the evolution of you and your brand. I'm your host, Sam Rafus. On today's show, we are talking about relationships. Without great relationships, we cannot build a solid personal brand. By that, I mean relationships for me is connecting with people, whether it's in person or online. Making a personal heartfelt connection really is the key. My grandma, my mom, my dad taught all of us kids how to care about people, to take the extra moment to say hi and to always be kind and treat people as you want to be treated. The famous quote from Maya Angelou sums it up perfectly. I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will, for, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. One of my coaching clients said to me last week, How do you get such an eclectic array of interesting guests on your show? I thought about it for a moment, and first I laughed and I said, well, it's because I'm old, and I have a big family, and I have, you know, a a wide circle of friends, and, and that diverse career over the years. But when I thought about it, although that's partly true, The other part is I've connected with so many people because of my love for social media. In person or online, I consider myself pretty blessed to have so many heartfelt connections with the people in my life. My guest today, I haven't known really long. This, uh, we, we introduced to each other earlier this year, but, I affectionately refer to her, to my girls when I've talked to them, I affectionately refer to her as my sister from another mother. Jani and I met via Instagram because we liked each other's Instagram posts. This led us to having a conversation and realizing how much we had in common from personal branding as part of our business, but also our love for all things creative and spiritual. Let me introduce you. Jannie Wolf is an actress and writer. A graduate of Sarah Lawrence College, she spent her first year in New York working with the Circle Repertory Company, now known as Circle East, and became a member of that company's lab the following year. Since then, she has appeared in over 40 plays, and independent films in New York and has and has had her work published and produced by various organizations. Her voice can currently be heard at the Cloisters Museum describing the permanent collection. She is currently working with Cornell University Cooperative Extension as a community educator in the nutrition and health program with outreach to all five boroughs. She is part of the Downtown Neighborhood Network Coalition and the Community Partnership Initiative, 
which works to combine forces of community, community services agencies for neighborhood, the residents, the families, and the children. Welcome, Jani. Thank you so much. That was such a lovely introduction. Thank you. And I, I love what you had to say about us being sisters, because I think a very, very dear friend of mine um, who's Native American had told me years ago that there's a, a saying um, that says that we are all related. And I, I really do believe that. I really do believe that. And sometimes we meet people that we feel even more specially related to than others. So thank you. That was really, really lovely to hear. Well, as I say every week, it, it's just the truth. I know I've only shared a brief portion of what you've been a part of over the years. I want you to tell us more about that. And of course, Listeners, I alluded to Instagram, and I want Jannie to tell us about her amazing Instagram account and her followers after the break. So stay tuned for that. For now, Jannie, start us off by sharing your backstory and why you do what you do. Well, um, a number of things over the years um, have happened in my life that since the early beginnings that you discussed about the, um, you know, the work that I'd done in New York City as an actress, one of the, one of the things that I always tell people when I share about why I do what I do is that acting is a very, very difficult art form in one, I mean, it's, they're all different things and all different art forms are difficult in different ways. But the one thing that I find the most difficult about wanting to be an actor and having that as a passion in your life is that you can't do it by yourself. It's one of the only art forms that I can think of, and maybe there is another one out there, but that's the only one I can think of that you cannot do by yourself. You, you know, sit around, you wait until there are people that either hire you or that will allow you to do free theater with them, which even that's difficult to make those connections sometimes. And you're just sitting. And as a creative person, your creative life starts to die, and you start to feel sort of lethargic and depressed, and you don't really know what to do with yourself. And, you know, so what you end up doing is trying to find ways of being creative. And sometimes you'll find these actors who are also painters and actors who are doing all kinds of other creative work. And, and what I started to do years ago was that I started to get in touch with friends of mine and say, hey, do you want to get together and read a play? You know that play that, that so-and-so wrote? Do you want to read it? Do you want to try to do a production of it? Do you want to find a space? And so then I started to talk to different people, and I started to try to connect with different people. I was blessed to belong to a theater company at that, you know, right away when I first moved to New York. So it was something that I had that as a wonderful group of creativity around me all the time. And so I really had a great group that I could get in touch with and say, you know, hey, you want to get together and do something fun. And then I also started to go around to different locations, you know, different restaurants and different galleries, different areas where, you know, stores sometimes. 
sometimes storefronts. And I'd ask people if they wanted to do an event, if they wanted to have a reading, if they wanted to have some monologues or have people doing some readings and, you know, different types of performances. And then over time, because I was doing this, I started to get this huge connection of other types of creative people. People's friends would come to things. And so then I'd start to incorporate music and visual art and different other types of creative art forms. And I was also writing some things myself because sometimes, you know, it was just one of those things. I'd write a story or I'd write a play and I would want to share that with people in an environment that was fun rather than being something that was, you know, had very high stakes. And so over time, um, I just started to get a large group of people around me that we were putting on a lot of different productions and different events and doing a lot of community work. Um, and then I got it into my head that it would be a really good idea to find one space where we could do these things. And it was something that I, you know, sometimes plays would work in a restaurant or bar setting. Sometimes they do not. Sometimes they're wonderful there. Sometimes there's just too much commotion or, you know, people aren't getting the focus that they want or it's, you know, getting in the way of what the serving people are trying to do. And similarly with things like visual art, sometimes artists enjoy having their artwork in different locations. Sometimes they really need a gallery. Sometimes they really want that feel or they're trying to show their work to specific people to sell it. And so they want it in an environment where they can do that. So I started to really think, you know what, it would be wonderful if we could find a space that was really our ground space and then we could move out from there and still do things in the community. But if people really needed a space to be creative in that was, you know, sort of like a black box theater and a space to show artwork that we could do it there as well. So I started to put out the all call around that time. I also needed to find a place to move into a new apartment. And so I put out the message to everybody that I knew saying I was looking for a space, if possible, that I could share with another artist of any kind. I was real open to that. And I said, anybody who might have some space that was live work that we might be able to turn into this combination of performance space. And then I could also live there. I also, in the back of my mind, I, I had wanted to do things that were like classes and different things like that. I've always had an interest in um, holistic health and different things like that. So I wanted to have different people coming in to be able to do classes. So I was kind of putting out the word that I was really open to anything. And I heard back from someone that I knew pretty well, and he told me that there was someone who had a space. And so I went into business with this person to do that and thought in the beginning it was the most amazing thing that had happened. And then two years later, had everything come crashing down around me um, just because it had not been the best business choice on my part. And I found myself looking around going, what's, you know, where do I go from here? Because I really was at the point at that point what had happened through the course of that business relationship was that I actually, when things started to come crashing down, they came down in such a way that I was really losing everything. And of course I was living there as well. And so I was just kind of like, 
I don't even know where to go. I don't know what to do. And through the process of trying to pick myself back up and trying to find some way of continuing to go forward, I was really talking to a lot of different people that I knew who were from all different types of spiritual backgrounds. And they were all telling me that I really needed to forgive the people involved in the situation and forgive the situation itself and to just really pray for some kind of, you know, relief and some kind of way of moving forward. And I was all about praying and, you know, praying for my own well-being, but I really didn't feel like I could pray for these people that I was involved with that I felt had really caused the destruction of everything that I had been hoping and dreaming for. And over time, I just kept getting that message from so many different places. And finally, I started to have an argument with God about it. I don't come from a religious family. I don't normally talk to God or back then I didn't. Now I do all the time. But I started to really complain and argue with God and say, I know that you're trying to tell me to forgive, but I just can't do that. And in the midst of that argument, I started to have a relationship with God that ended up turning my life completely around. And I was able to learn how to forgive and move forward and to understand that it wasn't just the fault of these people, that it was just a bad situation that there were choices that I had made that were not the greatest choices. And so I was able to forgive myself as well and to understand that God also was able to forgive me and these people. And it was an amazing experience that at the time I didn't realize what had happened. But later on, when I did start to attend a church six months later and started to do a lot of ministry work, I started to understand that I'd been born again And um, that led to the work that I started to do in the community, bringing arts education to youth and um, working with a community meal program. I started a community garden. um, And then through that work, I was led to start the work that um, you described, working with Cornell Cooperative Extension, um, which actually I didn't realize until I heard you reading the, the introduction. And my apologies to you. I I sent you off the the bio without reading through it carefully. I just, oh, this is the new bio. This is fine. But it actually is an older version because as of a year ago in the summer, I finished with that job. So I'm actually no longer employed by Cornell, but I was doing that for seven years. Um, and I was doing the community nutrition education in all five boroughs of New York City. And as of last summer, when that job ended, I was kind of looking around and talking to God again and saying, okay, now I've been on this detour for a long time. I was still doing some creative work, but it was not nearly in the way that I'd been doing it before. I was really bringing the arts education to kids for a number of years and then really having a big focus on the nutrition education for the seven years prior. So I was kind of trying to figure out what it would be that I would be doing next and the answer came back that I was going to be going back to doing the work that I had been doing, working with artists, doing PR and marketing with artists, doing the events, putting um, events together, putting different 
artists in touch with different spaces and different people in touch with each other to try to get more visibility for people's work. And also bringing in, now that I had all this community-based experience, to start to bring that whole community-based experience. And the, the holistic health side of it was also a big part of that because that's something that in my work with Cornell, I was not able to work with some parts of the community that I really wanted to because it was a program that was funded in a very specific way. So we had very specific guidelines who we could work with. And it had been on my heart so much to work with artists and actors and people in the film industry, people in the modeling industry, because I knew from being in those industries myself and working with so many people how much they had need of nutrition and health, but also the holistic health and wellness. And so it was something that now with all the experience that I had, I could bring it all around together and start to work with the different groups that I had been working with, but then also works that uh, the groups that I hadn't been able to work with for a while. So it was that this sort of, you know, as I was describing this one time in my life that everything seemed like it was a, a disastrous end, kind of opening up into a whole other area that went on for really about 10 years. And then all of a sudden at the end of that, having that come to a close and saying, okay, so what now? Um, I don't, I don't understand why this is ending because I thought this was the new road and realizing that it was all the experiences together that were bringing me back around to doing what I'm doing now, which I had started to do last fall, a year ago after, you know, as I said, after I had my conversation with God and he said, Oh, you're going to be going back into that. Literally. I, you know, all of a sudden had a little bit more time available. I could go out and start meeting with more people and talking to people about, you know, what their needs were, things that they might be interested in doing. I, through the Cornell work, I wasn't able to work um, in other states. I could only work in New York State. So now I can ask people in New Jersey and in other parts of the neighborhoods and I can really connect with people on a whole other level because I can work in whatever ways that they need either in their personal lives or their sometimes I'm working with organizations as well. So that's how I got where we are today. And I know you and I've talked about this before, but I just as I was hearing it all again, it isn't it amazing when we think of the very the very moment in time where everything seems to be crumbling all around us is really leading us to even something better it's such an amazing thing when we start to really understand that there's a beautiful beautiful scripture in, in the book of Isaiah um, that I'm sorry, I'm giving you the wrong. It's not Isaiah is one of my favorite books. That's why that popped into my head. But it's not Isaiah. It's actually Zephaniah. It's in Zephaniah chapter three. Um, it's starting. It's in verses fourteen to seventeen, and God is saying, after all of this, you know, talk. The book of Zephaniah is talking about a lot of disastrous things that have been going on, and God is saying, rejoice. You will fear 
disaster no more. And in some translations, it says you will see disaster no more. But I love the, transi- the translation that says you will fear disaster no more because disaster will come sometimes. Things that seem that we're looking at and we're seeing, this is disastrous. What is going on? I, you know, I thought that I was going here and now I'm, this, is, this door is slamming shut. This thing has happened that this can't happen now. And yes, just what you said, all of a sudden, if, if we're not afraid of that disaster, if we're able to continue to move forward and just trust that we're going to get through whatever it is that we're getting through. And that's, that's a hard thing to do. That's, I always talk to people about this when I'm, I've done a lot of work with people um, in shelters and I've worked with a lot of people in recovery programs, people in different places in their lives. And sometimes that's one of the messages that when I'm sharing with them, I always let them know it's hard. I'm not telling you this saying it's easy because it's very, very hard when we're looking at our lives to have that hope. But if something within us can hold on and say, you know what, I am going to get through this. Once we do get through it and we look back, we realize, wow, you know, it was a really good thing that I didn't continue in that business with that person because where I am now is so much better. And it's, it's very, very difficult. We're in the midst of it because very often we're dealing with betrayals or we're dealing with great pain of something that has happened. You know, we have our dreams are, you know, destroyed at that moment sometimes. So sometimes it's really, really difficult to look without fear and look without sadness. And it's something that I always encourage people, just try, just try to find that little glimmer of hope inside of you that says that I will get through this. And if you can start to move forward through that process, even just in your mind, that you're going to be moving through this, that you will get to something better. All of a sudden, little by little, you will find, and this is what I've you know, found happens to me now that I'm more open to thinking in this way, is that the thing happens, and I, I do, I'm, I'm human, I do freak out, you know, I get that moment of, oh my goodness, what's happening? <laughs> and then, you know, I say, all right, well, it's true, it's true. I'm, I'm only human, I, I have not got it all figured out at all yet, but I do know that now, because of my relationship with God, I do have a place to bring that fear. I used to, you know, just like when I was describing, when I was looking for that space to turn into a community space, I put out the all call, you know, I sent out all my emails and called everybody and let everybody know. And I had a huge list of you know, contacts, which I still do. And um, it used to be that if something disastrous happened, I do the same thing. I'd be calling everybody, emailing everybody to help, you know. Now I've learned that the first place that I bring it is to God and say, okay, what's going on here? What, what, what's my next step? And sometimes, sometimes the, um, the best thing that we can do is just be still there's another beautiful scripture that um, from Psalm 46:10, which is "Be still and know that I am God." And sometimes when I'm really in those places where I'm like, "What is going on right now?" I get this, you know, this message to just be still, 
And it's this thing about, you know, just don't worry about it. Just be still. You don't have to do anything right now. Just, just wait. And, and sometimes, again, sometimes that's. And sometimes that is the hardest part is, is the doing <laughs> nothing. But we, and, it, and it's what I've learned as, as well. And I, I, I'm nodding, I'm agreeing as you're talking and saying, you know, you can't worry about it, but yet we are human. I do it the same, you know, you, it's hard not to worry. However, when, when you let go of the worry and go, okay, it's all good. It's all, you know, God's got me. There is a bigger plan for this. And you and I had alluded to the fact, I think the last time we talked and we talked about our love for, you know, holistic nutrition and our love of nature, that if we look at nature to our own life, Every, there's four seasons. There's the season where everything is barren. There's season, you know, where things grow and, you know, you plant the seed. We don't, we don't sit there and stand over the soil and say, grow. We just know that it takes time to plant that seed. It's going to, we, we have to nurture it. It's going to grow and then we can harvest. And it's the same thing with our relationships. Absolutely. And the reason I was laughing is that I was just about to say before you said what you said, that that is sometimes the hardest part. And I love how you brought that part of the conversation that we had had about gardening and plants and the seasons into your response because it is very difficult and patience is I have I have a good friend who she always says don't ever pray for patience because God will do something to give you patience (laughs) (laughs) oh that is that's good okay you know what we (laughs) we have to take a break And I alluded to at the beginning that you were going to talk about your Instagram feed because again, that's where you and I developed our relationship was via Instagram. Our love for Instagram, our love for all things, you know, creative, visual. Uh, Let's take a short break and then you, Jani, are going to tell us your story of social media and getting onto Instagram. Great. Looking forward to it. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's Virtual Office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's Virtual Office give you the relief you need. Visit rhondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's Virtual Office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. Are you a speaker who has an inspiring, insightful message that will help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? If the answer is yes, we invite you to become a pro member of the eWomen Speakers Network. We have over 500,000 women connected through 118 chapters spread across North America. We're looking for speakers to share their wisdom and breakthrough ideas. Go to eWomenNetwork.com and join our Speakers Network. The benefits for pro speakers are incredible. 
go to eWomenNetwork.com. And we are back to Love Brand You with Jannie Wolf. Jannie, before the break, we were talking about your Instagram feed and how I stumbled upon that. And then you and I started following each other and had a conversation on Instagram, which led to us becoming friends and to this interview today. So tell our listeners how you ended up on Instagram and how you've developed your following. Well, there's a, a lot of different parts of the story which really do reflect back to what we have been talking about in terms of relationships. I had um, almost three years ago now, I had moved into a new apartment in the same neighborhood where I'd been living, but I moved into a new apartment that was quite a bit larger than the one that I had been living in. And I had already been writing a blog um, that I had started in 2013 that I had been writing for about nine or 10 months. And it was something that I had been writing, um, you know, every day It was more like a daily devotional, daily thought, sometimes humorous things, sometimes not so humorous things. And it was very, very much a personal blog of my daily thoughts. And it was something that was public, anybody could read it, but it wasn't anything that I was doing in terms of my PR and marketing at all. And at that time, I was still very much full time employed doing the nutrition and health work. And so I wasn't doing any other kind of work on the side as I am now. And so then I moved into this new apartment and a very, 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 very dear and wonderful and generous friend gave me some amazing furniture as a gift and literally had it delivered one day and he is a designer and an artist and a photographer and he has some of the most amazing tastes of anybody that I know. And the furniture that he gave me was all this really, really marvelous mid-century furniture that he had refinished himself and reupholstered one of the pieces and just really, really beautiful, beautiful gift. And so I, he at the time was moving out to California and because I could not have him come over and see my new apartment and what I was doing with his wonderful furniture. I started to send him photos. And I also love to explore my community. I love to go to thrift stores. I love to meet people. And so I had also at that time, because I had this new apartment and I had space finally to, to put things in it. I started to go out more to different thrift stores and, you know, just explore a little bit more to see what other things I could find. And so I was sending him these different photographs and he said, Danny, you really have to start posting this in your blog. He said, I know you stopped writing the blog some time ago, but start writing again and write it with this focus. And he said, and I really think that you should try Instagram. And he knows me very, very well for many, many years. 
we've, we have done some PR and marketing work both together and in different companies separately. So he knows that whole part of my background. And he said, I think you'll really like it. He knows that I don't like social media. I'm not really big on social media. And he said, I know you, you know, you're not big on the social media, but Instagram is different. He said, I think you're going to like it. And if you don't, you can always cancel the account. So I took his advice because he's somebody that I really love dearly. And he also knows me very, very well. And I respect his opinion. I went on Instagram and I started to try it out and I fell in love with it. And I really felt that it was an amazing tool for connecting with people. And also one of the things that was very, very important to me in terms of writing this blog, when I started to really pray about it and think about how to do it, is that I didn't want it to be about me. I didn't want it to be about, look at my home, look at me, look at me doing this. What I wanted it to be about was the people like this friend and like other people that I knew in my community, other people I was getting to know who were wonderful designers and artists who had wonderful stores. Some of them were more mainstream, things like the local Salvation Army, but the majority of them were these small business owners. In the beginning, it was really focused on the boutiques and uh, thrift stores and vintage stores that I was going to and the different people that I knew, like this friend who were designers. Um, And then... One day I happened to be out and I saw this amazing uh, piece of street art, this work of street art, and I didn't know who the artist was. It wasn't signed. It was actually something that they call fence art. It's this guy who's in my uh, community who I later met because I posted it on Instagram. And I said, I don't know who this is. I, you know, But I said, this is so beautiful. I had to post it. And from there on, I just started to post other artwork that I might see either out at an event or if I met somebody or artwork in my own apartment from some of the artists that I know. And if I went to visit with someone in their studio, then I started to post about events and I started to post about restaurants. And these were all things that were part of my past when I was doing the PR and marketing. And it started to come full circle, as I said, as um, last year when I started to go back into doing more of that work again. But the blog and the Instagram were really things that, as I said, I had started the blog, but in a totally different way. And then this friend of mine really encouraged me to start it back up again and do it in a way that I was also using Instagram. And, you know, again, I came across you, I I believe. I consult also. Pardon? I was going to say I consult also with some of the people that I work with to try to help them with their social media. Um, So it's something that one of the big messages I always try to share with people is it's not all about you. It's not all about you. (laughs) And isn't that so true? Because you and I know it, it is about the relationships. And that's why we're talking about that today. And I could talk to you forever on this. And of course, we have a time limit. I want to um, move on to I always ask my guests, 
what one of their best daily habits is. Share with us one of your best daily habits, and then we will uh, have you tell us how you want our listeners to connect with you. I believe it's probably via your Instagram account, but uh, you can let us know. So tell me your best daily habit. Well, I think for me, and I was thinking about this in terms of there are a number of things that I do on a daily basis, but I think that the most important one for me, and it's going to sound strange because I'm, I'm talking about, you know, connecting with people and social media and all of these kinds of things and how important those connections are, and I do feel they are. But there is a very, very important thing that I do every day. And it doesn't matter if it's horrible weather. It doesn't matter if there's a blizzard. doesn't matter if it's pouring rain. I make sure that I literally unplug and get out of the house and take a walk. And I don't have, you know, you can choose what notifications you get on your phone. I don't turn my phone off because I do want to be accessible if people need to talk to me. But all I get notifications for on my phone are my actual calls that come in or texts. Anything else, I don't know unless I specifically go in and see what emails I have or see what Instagram is going on. So literally when I go out to take my walk, if you call me, I can answer. And if, you know, if I'm in the middle of something, of course I, I can't, but as long as I can, I will. And texts, I can respond to texts and things like that. I don't unplug completely, but I always go out and I take a walk and I try to make it a good long one if I have the time and just get that time that I'm unplugged, that I'm away that I'm just looking around me. Sometimes I'm exploring new places. Sometimes I have a very specific place that I've chosen to go to or a new place that I want to go to and explore. But I don't have a car. And in the area where I live, it's very, very nice to walk around. Sometimes people think I'm crazy because I walk great distances. But it's one of the things that I really find keeps me healthy in my mind, my body, and my spirit. And it also is one of those things that it clears my mind and helps me to really start to plan about things, think about people I might want to get in touch with who I needed to follow up with about things, or it might give me a, one of those eureka moment ideas. So I think that in whatever way that, that people can, and I know with our busy lives, sometimes it's very difficult, but to find that me time that you're unplugged for me is really, really, really important. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Now tell our listeners how they can connect with you. Probably the best way is through Instagram. Um, and I also have a blog. Um, so they, if people are not on Instagram and my Instagram is at J-A-N-N-I-E underscore W-O-L-F-F. Um, you can actually link directly to my blog uh, through the Instagram. But if for some reason people don't have Instagram, they can also leave a comment on my blog. And that's J-A-N-N-I-E-S-U-S-A-N dot blog dot com. 
And, um, you know, if people want to contact me through that, that's fine as well. So either place is, is very, very simple way to connect. And, um, you know, definitely would love to hear anything that people want to share with me, you know, questions or I also always tell people I'm happy to write about, I, I do tend to write about things in my local area, um, New York City, New Jersey, but I do travel. Um, and I also do sometimes write about people remotely. You know, somebody is far away, but they have something they want to share with me. Sometimes I can write about it in terms of, you know, that they can send me photos or we can have a phone chat or something like that. So I'm open to to people connecting in whatever way they wish. Oh, thank you. And listeners, you you do have to check out Jannie's blog. And even if you're not on Instagram, check out um, even one of your friends that has Instagram and, and follow her because her artwork is beautiful. Her pictures are beautiful. Her writing is beautiful. And I... I just can't say enough how how much I enjoy your Instagram and your blog, Jannie. Um, I can't believe our, our time is pretty much up here. I want you to leave us with your best parting words of wisdom. Well, you know, it, it's definitely one of those things that I I know, as we were talking a little bit earlier, that it's very, very hard to plant those seeds and sometimes they grow quickly and you think that everything is really wonderful and that that plant is going to sprout and all of these wonderful things are going to happen, but then the hailstones come down and all of a sudden you wonder what's happened to your garden. And what I really encourage people is don't be afraid to plant those seeds and don't be afraid just because something may have come along. Don't start to think that it's all over and that you're in the wrong path. Because sometimes what will happen is that it's just redirecting you in a different direction, but it may actually be something that those initial seeds that were planted are part of where you're going. And what I've really always found you know, as I said, it, it was difficult in the beginning. It's still sometimes difficult, but it's getting a little bit easier. Is that if I can keep moving forward and not despair in those moments when I wonder, why is this happening? Why isn't this happening? Why is, you know, this not working out? To recognize that there's nothing ever that is wasted. Anything that we do, that we do in love, that we do wanting to make the world a more beautiful place for people that we do for, you know, community connections to try to help other people, all of those things that we do as we reach out, even if it seems like it's not being appreciated, even if it seems like whatever's happened is, you know, you know, say you, you, I had worked with this after school program for a number of years and I had to leave there at, at one point because of different issues that were happening. And then I moved into the work that I was doing with Cornell. And over time I started to work with some of those very same youth again. So I remember at the time thinking, what's going to happen to these kids? And I was back with them again. And I see them sometimes on the streets of New York now and they're teenagers 
and they tell me how important the work that we did together was. So nothing is ever wasted. And that's really what I would like to share with people. Don't ever feel like something that you've done with love and with good intentions is wasted. It just may not be happening in that particular instance, but it doesn't mean that it's wasted. That is poignant words to leave us with. And I really appreciate, Jani, that you took your time with us today. Listeners, head on over to Jani's Instagram and her blog. So Instagram, again, is J-A-N-N-I-E underscore W-O-L-F-F. I will have the notes on the show page. Thanks again, Jani. Listeners. Thank you so much. Oh, so welcome. I'm, my heart is full. Listeners, head on over to iTunes, subscribe to Love Brand You. If you like what you heard, we'd love a comment on today's show. And if you want to leave a review or any comments to me or Jani, please, you know, visit my, uh, my website is samrafis.com. You can find me there via email. And again, I'm on all the social channels, so you can get a hold of me. And if you want to want to check in more with Jani, please do that. And until next time, I'm your host, Sam Rafis, and keep sharing the love. Podcast Network.